0: combining two technologies can often be cumbersome. On this podcast, you will learn how Citrix technology alliances are solving industry challenges and empowering people to unlock their full potential. Here is your host, tech columnist, podcaster and best-selling author Neil C Hughes. Welcome back to the Tech Fusion podcast by Citrix. Now, if you are a tech enthusiast looking to learn more about how technology alliances have solved industry challenges and empowered businesses and employees to unlock their full potential, this podcast is for you. And in this Citrix Ready series, I explore how technology can empower people and organizations to unlock innovation, engage customers and be productive Anytime and anywhere. And I want to learn more about how collaboration and hybrid working environments are reshaping the future of work. And recently I was sat at my computer and felt myself thinking about how Microsoft, Citrix, and AMD were all playing critical roles in how I was working and performing tasks. But it also occurred to me that we only think of them as solutions in their own right. So I wanted to try and get people from all three companies onto one call and trying to hone in on, yes, what role they play in our working life on their own, but also how they are all collaborating together and reshaping and reimagining how we work, whether we are in the office or in our home. So today I'm going to try and navigate four calendars, time zones, and try and get everyone on the podcast for a quick chat. But enough for me. Let's get them onto the podcast right now. So a massive warm welcome to the show, guys. Can you tell the listeners a little about who you are and what you do?
1: Hey, Neil. Good to talk to you. My name is Isidro Gonzalez from AMD, and I am in charge of data center GPU enablement, in particular, working with Azure.
2: Thanks, Neil. Uh, Nitin Sharma, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Citrix, primarily focused on I'm part of the Citrix Works Big Services group, primarily focused on the app and desktop side of the portfolio. And then if you go one click down, we kind of focus on that um, HDX technologies and how we're um, looking at improving you know, that experience for those remote workers or any workers that are leveraging uh, virtual apps or desktops.
3: Yeah, thanks, Neil. Uh, My name is Kevin Rains. I'm the Product Marketing Manager at at Microsoft for Azure High-Performance Computing. And what that means on the Microsoft side when we think of customers is we have customers that are certainly doing high-performance computing, a lot of customers doing AI, things like machine learning and deep learning, and then a number of customers doing uh, visualization um, at at various degrees from your your, uh, normal productivity worker up to very complex workloads.
0: Well, a huge thank you to all of you for coming on to the podcast today. There's so much I, I want to talk about because there's a lot happened last year. And I, I I think indeed it was Microsoft that said that last year that they witnessed two years of digital transformation in just two months. So the opening question I want to ask you all is what lessons did you learn in 2020? And Issa, AM I'd love to hear what you learned from an AMD perspective last year.
1: Well, the first thing we learned is that access is everything. Uh, really, people were surprised at how flexible they needed to be to be as effective as they needed to be. So, so really, access to the tools that they needed was uh, paramount to everybody. And uh, the second thing that we learned is uh, experience, that uh, people want to be uh, up and running as fast as possible. And uh, what's really important is to make sure that uh, your customers or your users or your your employees are as comfortable uh, with the experience that they're getting so that it can be as
0: effective as they want to be. And Nitin, from, from a Citrix perspective, is there anything that stood out for you, the kind of lessons that you learned?
2: Yeah, I mean, kind of like I just pointed out, we actually kind of had to uh, make um, a little bit of a strategic shift in some of our priorities because going into 2020, we were looking at improving um, you know, productivity itself with the new Citrix workspace and the micro-app technologies, which... I think, you know, we've highlighted before in previous podcasts, but then this one slowly shifted in 2020 where we just needed to support a number of um, organizations that were just trying to ramp up just remote work uh, access. Um, Whether that was, you know, a lot of companies that were new to the, the idea of having remote workers or just existing Citrix customers that were looking at expanding that footprint across the board. Um, the main thing we learned is just basically trying to uh, focus on how we help organizations deliver to those that access that, and that seamless access. But what became a priority is ensuring that, um, you know, we focus on the end user experience because everyone now has different connections. You know, they could be, you know, they're no longer working in an office that has a set, um, you know, standard of, of access with uh, internet connections um, now you had workers that are working on some challenging network conditions and further away from you know the resource locations, and you know can cause some issues with you know some latency issues. Is sort of like how do we position and tell our customers that our customers are looking at solutions that we're here to um, you know our, when you're going remote, how our solutions kind of help address um, those those key things because that was high priority for a lot of customers, ensuring that. Um, users had seamless access, quick access to um, what they need to do to, to get their work done.
0: And Kevin, two years of digital transformation in two months. And it almost felt like the the whole world woke up to Microsoft Teams overnight. But were, were there any big lessons for you?
3: Yeah, you know, there are two words that just pop thinking of all of the the customer stories and just amazing work we saw from, from customers this year. And those words are resilience and innovation. We saw companies uh, with with people. We saw companies saying simple things like, "Hey, I need my employees to work from home so that they can be productive." Right? I mean, we've 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 all gone through that. But at the same time, we saw multiple customers saying, "Look, we need to we need to move all of our supercomputing workload to the cloud. Could be a public university so that our faculty and our students can continue to do their work." So uh, the, the things that were done were just were just truly incredible and, and kind of similar to to what. Um, Isidro said access was super important. They needed to access it in very secure ways, performance, of course, but also they wanted an environment that was very familiar to them.
0: Excellent. Well, I think we've all learned so many lessons in the last 12 months. And here we are now, we're starting to get a feel for things and finding our way and finding a new way forward. So from an AMD perspective, can you tell me more about why traditional cloud instances were built for yesterday's needs and how AMD-powered NV4 Instant actually introduces GPU partitioning for the first time in Azure?
1: The answer for yesterday's needs is actually just quite literally we were working with Windows XP or, or Windows 7, which just did not tax the uh, the operating system and the apps for yeah. graphics as much as the modern Windows 10 desktop experience. So it's really, you know, the, the, the rising tide of the user experience is much more graphical. Um, and um, there was a time where VDI workers were different from your standard worker. But the fact is right now, all, re- all workers are remote workers and all workers use modern applications. So um, just the, the world has changed, everything is more graphical and uh, the cloud needs to respond to that. Now, the, the reason that uh, AMD is helping Azure put GPU, uh, GPU powered instances in the cloud is because you need that flexibility. When you have users working with their own desktop, The administrator can pick which graphics card can go uh, with each device. And in fact, on-prem, you would never buy a device that doesn't have a graphics card. Even Your phone has graphics capability. So when you move those workloads to the cloud, you absolutely need a a GPU resource uh, to to help those uh, those apps and that experience. Um, But not everybody needs the same kind of GPU. So what GPU partitioning does is it gives the administrator a choice of which VMs they're going to assign to which user and uh, according to the flexibility they need. If they need to move up, they can move up. If they need to move down, they can move down. But um, the workloads need that graphics capability and the IT manager needs that flexibility.
0: I think the words that you're saying there will resonate with so many people listening because modern apps are asking more and more of the traditional GPU. And like you said, the the world has changed somewhat now. And I'd love for you all to set the scene and tell me a little bit more about the kind of challenges that you're seeing for remote workers right now. And you see, I, I'll, I'll throw that one to you first.
1: I think it goes back to, to the experience. I think what the modern desktop from Microsoft provides people that's really fantastic is the, the the Windows 10 experience is really what the OS provides along with Office 365. And all of those apps have a very smooth experience and integration. So we're just doing our part to make sure that that uh, is also available to the remote workers uh, accessing VMs in the cloud.
0: And Nitin, from a, a Citrix point of view, what kind of challenges are you seeing remote workers facing right now?
2: um very similar to what um which is was just mentioning it's just the um the idea the fact that these are applications now that are not being accessed on their own machines so it's just the the user experience can be impacted based off you know the the person's device um you know or their internet connection so it's just ensuring that how do we um help that end user be able to access those graphically intensive applications or heavily CPU resource um, type um, applications be, you know, even when they're delivered from the cloud or, or from maybe some, you know, from, uh, from Azure, like, how do they ensure that they're going to get that, um, you know, seamless access or that local like experience. Um, it's also a little bit different type of access. They're no longer, you know, clicking an icon in their desktop. It's they're, they're either going to launch in through um, Workspace app through their web or um, they're logging in through a, you know, Workspace app client. So when they're launching that application, how do we ensure that they're, you know, when they launch it, it's quick and seamless, um, but it, it functions like a, a locally installed application.
0: And Kevin, presumably you've seen very similar challenges yourself. Is that right?
3: Yeah, you bet. I agree with everything that that's been said. I think the the other thing that I would just throw in there, because this year is such an anomaly, right? Is we we have traditionally talked to a couple industries where they've said, "Look, we're never going to have our people work remotely," just because of the nature of what they do. They just never saw that coming, and and because of of. COVID and and things are happening. (laughs) They're now working remotely. So there, there are the individual challenges. But I think sometimes there's also these bigger organizational challenges, because this has never been a strategy. In fact, the strategy was not to do this. And so there were some of those dynamics that had to be figured out as well.
0: And one of the reasons I was so excited to get the three of you onto the podcast at once is because together you're each playing a role in improving that user experience for remote workers right now. So I'd love to hear more about the exact role that each of you play. So Isi, can can you share yours first?
1: Well, what we're doing is taking everything we've learned about uh, having a good experience on prem um, in your desktop device and uh, moving that to the cloud. So. Uh, we do that uh, first with the GPUs and secondly, with our uh, uh, server CPUs, our, our um, Epic series. Uh, so really what we're learning a lot with the, partnering with Citrix and with Microsoft is how to uh, enable all that in a data center environment, uh, the, the virtualization, the management, um, really to make the IT manager's experience smooth so they can make the user's experience smooth.
0: And exactly the same question to you.
1: Yeah, so that kind of
2: builds on. Um, I mean, we've uh, we have a long history of working together, Microsoft and working with AMD on improving the. You know, when we're improving the on-prem um, data center experience, delivering graphically intensive applications and through the, you know, on-prem GPU acceleration. So we've just extended that to, you know, now when those workloads can be delivered from from Azure. It's just working together and and taking that next step as customers are looking at, you know, moving into um, and expanding their cloud strategy. Um, On top of that, it's just introducing tools and management tools that help the administration side of it, being able to uh, monitor the performance of of these workloads that are being delivered so they can maybe proactively determine if there's an issue with the access to um, a workspace, um, whether that's um, you know network connection related or or um, you know something maybe like the the profiles didn't load properly. Um, it's just sort of like they could proactively improve that end user experience. and outside of that, I mean just plugging in the HDX protocols that we have, it's just we're constantly trying to improve. With every release that we do, um, you know how do we optimize that that GPU or CPU um, usage, um, and and sort of figure out how we can accelerate access, even if a customer's or a customer, and end user's on a on a poor network connection.
0: And Kevin, from a Microsoft point of view, what, what role do you see in continuously improving that user experience for remote workers?
3: Yeah, I, I support the Azure marketing as I mentioned in the intro, and so we're constantly looking at you know what's the what's our roadmap? How do we how do we provide the best experience for our customers ac- across the different areas that I had mentioned? And so we're, we're constantly evolving. We're regularly working with uh, with fantastic partners like like um, AMD and partners like Citrix are are our, 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 our go to market uh, engine, right? So we're. We're we're constantly partnering to make sure that our customers have what they need. We're bringing the, the, the latest and greatest, um, whether that's price, whether that's performance, whether that's flexibility. And then I also partner internally with other folks in Microsoft for areas like WVD, uh, again, to, to give customers flexibility and choice.
0: And I think something that every business is going through right now is is trying to wade through those long list of challenges. And I think now more than ever, there'll be a big huge question mark over the ROI of every single IT project now that they're expected to do more with less. But equally, they need tech more than ever with so many people working from home. So for, for those decision makers listening, what are the business benefits of uh, improving the employee experience, would you say? And easy, I'll, I'll throw that to you first.
1: Really, it's about flexibility. the main The main business benefit is that you can pick and choose which priorities you're going to hit and tackle first. Um, And for that, the IT decision maker needs needs flexibility. So you don't have to you know swallow the elephant whole. You can look at what's really going to make a difference for your business. Focus on that. Uh, Clearly, you've got investments in your on-prem. You can focus. Optimize, get whatever you can from that. But then there's going to be things that uh, that uh, you're going to need to expand, or you need more access, or you need more security. And then that's precisely what moving to the cloud does: is it gives you this mortgage board of other services that you can get, other tools that uh, that that you can uh, rent by the hour, or or uh, uh, not have to have huge uh, capex commitment to. So that is a huge business benefit because then you can really pick your spots. Um, and we solve uh, uh, the problems that give, the, give you the biggest impact
0: uh, right away. And I would imagine this is, well, I know this is a subject very close to your heart too, but what do you feel are the biggest business benefits of improving that employee experience?
2: Yeah, we've actually, like, um, when we were talking about um, the Citrix workspace and when we were developing and, and sort of revamping that user interface, um, it was just, you know, seeing that once you, if you improve employee experience, um, you know, you improve product, you're essentially improving productivity, um, you know, they can get more work done, you know, in, in a shorter amount of time, you know, that it would usually take to get a poor user experience, um, you know, end users can adopt technologies, um, which actually helps improve, you know, like a, you know, a technology rollout. Um, and then the other aspects of it is just like the overall, when you're improving end user experience, we've seen it where, you can even improve the organization's bottom line. Maybe um, you know if they're working faster and they're working smarter, um, you can actually maybe you know obtain more revenue and kind of lead to improve the, the actual business bottom
0: line. And Kevin, I would imagine this is a question you get asked a lot, right?
3: Yeah, kind of to what similar to what Nitin just said. I I I'll never forget this. It was a number of years ago. I worked for Microsoft Consulting Services, and we were meeting with this. A very, very large civil engineering firm, and they were explaining the, the importance of their engineers needing to be on-site at these project site. They were, they were explaining that, look, our engineer goes from job site to job site, and then they have to go to the office to do their work. And When they're in the office, things happen at the job site, and, and they just very directly said, look, we need our engineers to have their boots in the mud because that is where our business is happening. And so, you know, whether customers just want want their employees to be more productive at home or, you know, the the nature of the business dictates, hey, they need to be at the job site. Our passion is to make sure that we give you the options and and the choice so that you can be, you as a customer can be successful, whatever you need.
1: Kevin, and I think that's a great example because, uh, you know, we have customers, for example, are uh, doing maintenance On airplanes, and if you have to have the tech, you know, crawl out of the belly of a plane to to read the manual, then she's wasting time. Um, But if it's accessible through, you know, through Citrix and she can spin graphics, look at what she needs to do, and everything's right there for her, much more effective.
0: Absolutely. Love that, and, and from a Citrix point of view, Nick, can you tell me more about how all this helps Citrix Workspace to aggregate all apps, desktops, and content into that unified experience? Because I, I think it'd be great to bring it to bring it all to life, and, and so everyone listening can work out or understand how all those pieces fit together. Yeah, so like
2: all of it's just um, you know working with our partners like Microsoft and AMD is just ensuring that. You know, we're delivering that unified experience, trying to give access to every the application that an organization wants to provide for that end user. But the main key thing is, um, you know, none of this is locally installed. Um, you know, these are users that are working on various types of networks, um, and in a lot of these applications are graphically intensive. So together, working you with know, Microsoft and AMD is ensuring that you know, when these applications are being delivered in that Citrix workspace is when that user accesses it, that they're getting that, you know, the optimized experience. Um, and there's no hangups when they're trying to access that, you know, their apps their desktops, or desktops their, or their files. So, you know, it's just the, the main key thing here is just because of the fact that they're not accessing something that's installed um, that requires a network connection to access. It's just to ensure that we're, you know, delivering that experience where it's, up. you know, it, it, there's no degradation in that experience.
0: Now, last year was an incredibly turbulent year and many businesses will now be looking to technology to help them bounce back in 2021. So now we're here, what excites you about the year ahead and, and the key role that each of you will play? And see, I, I'll uh, let you answer that one first.
1: For me, it's scalability. So I think that in 2020, what we showed is that the technology is really working well, is really helpful. But, um, you know, so when people access all that, they can be very effective. But really, the flip side of the coin of accessibility is scalability. So that's what I you about 2021, really making these solutions available to more people, more businesses, and really have technology uh, help you know, really be useful. And, you know, from a technologist's point of view, that's really all we want. You know, we want to have, you know, what we work on, what we invent, be helpful. And that's what excites me about 2021. I think it's going to grow. So scalability for me is what excites me the most.
0: And, and we've sp- we've spoken previously about building the future of work and the, ex- uh, the exciting prospects ahead. But what ex- what particularly excites you this year?
2: It's kind of building upon that? I mean, I know 2020 was, was sort of a, an interesting year and and caused a lot of organizations that will went into 2020 with one business um, objective, and they had to quickly shift that um, to, to adapt to some of the challenges that we saw. Like um, to me, it's just uh, going into 2021 is, you know, how do we ensure, Oh, Citrix as an organization itself is also, we're moving our shift over to, you know, a cloud strategy. So, or cloud first. And it's also like, how do we also start developing our tools to ensure and, and enable customers that are moving to the cloud, that they're getting all of the proper, um, the tools and man, whether it's management tools or end user experience enhancements that when they make that shift over to the cloud, that we're doing everything that we can support that. And part of that's also working with our partners like um, AMD and Microsoft specifically as more customers moving to Azure how do we ensure that they're getting all of the, you know, the tools that kind of help them optimize their their workloads as they're putting them in Azure? Um, And then, you know, how do we ensure that we're working together with AMD that we're with all the new applications that are coming out and they constantly, you know, update themselves and become more GPU um, intensive. How do we ensure that, you know, those applications, even though they're not being delivered, um, you know, but how do we ensure that they're being delivered and, and improved user experience? Um, and then just ensure like with our digital workspace with the micro app technology, how do we ensure that we're, you know, improving productivity and reducing that sort of wasted clicks that, um, you know, an employee can do during the day?
0: And it does seem in the last twelve months we've gone from debating working from home versus working in the office to now debating hybrid workspaces and how emerging technologies can take us to the next level. So, is there anything that stands out for you, Kevin, in the key themes?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I going back to one of your questions earlier, we really are at a tipping point of of customers, organizations moving to the cloud for for whatever reason, right? But it's it's everything seems to be accelerating. And so, if I use this last year as a backdrop, we're just uh, extremely, extremely motivated to bring products to market that help our customers as much as practical to continue with their daily lives in a, in a very productive way. Uh, that, that is that is our end goal. There's a lot of different customers that, that uh, in, in types of customers that I support just within the little business w- where I'm at, um, but th- that is our driving function. Is we want customers to be successful as much as possible.
0: Well, I've loved chatting with you all today. i has been, um, we only just scratched the surface of some of the problems and issues and solutions out there. So if anyone wanted to dig a little bit deeper and find out a little bit more about the role that each of you play, EC, what would be the best place to go to find out more about AMD and contact your team if they wanted to continue the conversation we started today?
1: So they can go to www.amd.com slash nvv4.
0: And what where was the, the best starting point be for Citrix?
2: I mean ours is just to uh, keep it simple. So we it would just be Citrix.com, um, but we will do we do a lot of our announcements and feature announcements, like specifically the ones that get into the the nitty-gritty, like that would be on our blog site. So it'd be citrix.com slash blogs. I'll regularly try to highlight a lot of those on my personal on the personal Twitter account, which is Nitin Sharma um underscore one.
0: Excellent. And Kevin, is there anywhere other than Microsoft.com that you would recommend people checking out?
3: Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, you can go to Azure.com whack HPC, uh, HPC for high performance computing. And from there, you can get links to the blogs we've done and, and other information.
0: Well, we've had multiple calendars and time zones to contend with, but we've managed to get the four of us on one call. I think uh, there's so many big takeaways for me from today's episode, but more than anything, just a big thank you to each of you for coming on and taking the time to talk with me today. Fantastic. It's been really great, Neil. Yeah, thanks very much, Neil. It's been great. So I cannot thank today's guests enough for uniting and agreeing to come on this podcast and talk about what they do at AMD, Microsoft and Citrix, but ultimately sharing how they're collaborating together and reshaping and reimagining how we work, which is no longer confined to just our office or our home. It's anywhere and everywhere. That is the new expectation. So a big thank you for listening today. I hope you will all join me again on the Tech Fusion podcast in a few weeks. So please email CitrixReady at Citrix.com or tweet us at CitrixReady and join this conversation by sharing your experiences. And maybe, just maybe together, we can bring your ideas to life and help build the workspace of the future. So keep those messages coming in and I'll see you all next time.